0: You are. It's how you are old. The setting is this the king, there's been a transition from the Babylonian Empire to the the Medo Persian Empire. And, And Darius is setting up his leadership structure in the first three verses of chapter six. And so he sets up 120 princes to rule the different provinces of the kingdom. But then so that he's not managing them, he sets three presidents up over the princes to whom they will be accountable. And then to manage the whole operation, he elevates one of those presidents to oversee all of that. And if you want a comparison in the Bible, it would be good to go back to Genesis and to look at the life of Joseph and how he was elevated. And the only one who was greater than him was Pharaoh, was the king. And so here you have Daniel being elevated. I'm not going to go back and re-preach it, but, but please get this. Remember why Daniel was elevated. He was not elevated because of his convictions. He was elevated because of how he had his convictions. It says in verse number 3 that an excellent spirit was found in Daniel. No, he wouldn't have been in this position without the conviction that's mentioned in chapter one, without the convictions that are mentioned in chapter two, without the convictions that are demonstrated by Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and by Daniel and other places. He wouldn't have been there. But having convictions without a right spirit creates a pharisaical, judgmental attitude that does not help anyone. And it was his spirit that set him apart. So this Daniel has been elevated. He recognizes the value that Daniel brings, even though Daniel has spent 40 plus years, over 40 years, well over 40 years, but uh, helping the Babylonian kingdom. He recognizes the spirit of this man, that this can be a man who will only aid and help his kingdom. And again, it's not the message, I just, I love The usefulness of God's people, regardless of the political shifts that are taking place in a a nation or in empires, God's people ought to be the most helpful people, regardless of who is in charge. It's just, it's so wonderful. Well, as it's going to be, human nature hasn't changed, and so these, these princes, and then specifically the two other presidents... They are jealous of Daniel. They don't like, in many of them, they would have viewed him coming from, coming from Jerusalem, being a Hebrew, being an Israelite. They didn't like that fact. That was brought out in this text. They don't like the fact that he is in charge. And they certainly don't like the fact that he lives his life differently than, than, than them. Now, we know this about Daniel. We do know this about Daniel. He did not compromise his faith to accommodate The culture that he was living in. What set him apart was the fact that he had a right spirit in the way that he did it. No, you're going to live your life the way that you want to, but I'm going to live my life and live out my faith the way that I am convinced the word of God says. So you do what you need to do. You pray to whatever pagan God you need to pray to, but I am going to follow the one whom I know is the true and living God. And nothing about the way you live your life is going to change that. So he lives that, and they recognize the only way we can find a flaw with him is in his obedience to the law of God and his relationship with God. You ready? Convictions. The only way we can find flaw with this man is his conviction to follow the Lord. So the king makes a law that no one can make a request to anyone except for him for 30 days. Sounds good. Stroking the king's ego. Yeah, that's great. What could be the negative consequences of that? And so he signs it and Daniel does what Daniel had always done. Now, I don't I don't do this. I never pursue it that I Okay, that's too strong of a word. It, when this happens, it it's typically just because it happens. But I have some several points tonight that I want you to take notice of Daniel through this narrative and they're all alliterated. Now, if brother Z was listening to this right now, he would be giggly over that. <laughs> but it just happens like that sometimes, but Get the point, and then you'll get the statement at the end. First of all, I want you to notice this. He was consistent in living out his faith. The, the princes and the president said the only way to find fault with him is concerning the law of his God. And it, and it says in verse, number, in verse number 10 that when he knew the writing, he went and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. In other words, this law and the consequences of disobeying the law had no effect upon how he lived out his faith. Who he was in the early days of his captivity is exactly who he was in the later days, in the latter days of his power and influence. Please think about this contrast. In Daniel chapter 1, he is at the most a young adult and possibly still a teenager when he says, I'm not going to defile myself with the king's meat, I'm not going to be rude about that, but put my conviction, my dietary conviction on display. Then he has no power, he has no influence, but he, or he has limited influence, but he does have faith and he does have a right spirit. Now he's at the height of his power. There is no one more powerful and influential than the king And he's not just ruling over a state or a province, he is second in command to a king who is ruling over an empire. And yet, this is what you find. From his teen years all the way through to now in his 80s, he is still living out his faith just as consistently as he ever had. Here's what happens in life with age and with success. We get soft with promotion We get comfortable with gain. And over time we grow entitled. Sometimes we even get lazy. Let someone else do it. The younger generations need to step up. Now, I agree with that statement. But they don't need to step up because older generations are checking out. It is. It is. Younger generations don't need to step up to fill holes. They need to step up to join ranks. They don't need to step up to take the place of. They need to step, they need to step up to learn from and to link arms and to link faith with. No, oh, no, please understand this. It's okay that you can't do everything that you once did to the same de- degree that you did it. I'm I'm thankful that I, I, I'm able to teach in the Royal Heirs class. Man, I love I love the seniors in our church. I love the seniors in our church. And I'm thankful for each and every one of them and what they bring. And, and here's the truth: that as you get less young that your physical ability is going to diminish it would be great that with every decade that was added to your life you were only stronger but there comes a point the reason they call it being over the hill is because you stop increasing and you begin to not increase it's just what it is And it happens to everybody. And I understand that people don't increase at the same rate. You, instead of addition, you begin subtracting or you begin adding in other ways, whatever it is. But here's, here's the truth. Just because you can't do everything to the same degree that you once did doesn't mean you don't have value and doesn't mean God can't use you. I love the simplicity of what Daniel was doing right here. What what was the big stand that he was taking? Are you ready? He had a consistent prayer life. No, a consistent prayer life that occurred three times every day in the same way, in the same place, at the same time, to the same God who always was and always will be. And that was the thing that God used to bring forth this incredible testimony. Even if you're limited, it doesn't mean you can't be consistent in walking with God, in calling on God, in calling out to God for his people. Listen, your your body may be racked with arthritis. You may be, you may get way more tired. Quicker than you used to, but you can still open your Bible and you can still call on the Lord and you can still shake somebody's hand. I talked to the Royal Airs class about this on Sunday and looking each one of them in the eyes and saying, You older men need to learn how to go to a man who's in his 30s and his 40s and encourage him and tell him that he can raise his family and he can walk with God. And you older ladies need to talk to the younger moms in this church and learn how to recognize when they're struggling and put 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 your arms around them and tell them it's okay to struggle, that you're going to survive. Listen to me. Saints that are less young, you have much usefulness if you'll be consistent in your faith. Number two, he was courageous in his faith. When the law had been passed, he went and opened his window and prayed as at other times. Please get it. He wasn't there making a scene. there were no scenes being made. There was just the quiet courage of a man living out his faith and he would not be deterred by a king passing a ridiculous and obscene law that absolutely helped no one but his own ego. He would not be discouraged by that. Listen to these stats about life expectancy in the US. And you can go back even further and they're even more amazing. In 1900, men lived an average of 46 years, and women, 48. In 1950, men lived an average of 65, and women lived an average of 71 years. In 2019, men lived an average of 76 years, and women an average of 81 years. Now, there's two things that you'll notice. One is that women typically live longer than men. Mm, There's reasons for that. but what you should primarily take away from it is that, man, we get to live in a blessed time in this country. Oh, It's a blessing to live during this time. I thank God to have the privilege of benefiting from this nation and the advances that have resulted in people living longer. No, you've heard people complain, man, I just long for the good old days. When you would have already been dead? No, I get there were less distractions on the farm. But you wouldn't have to worry about it because you would be dead. No, AC is a blessing. Heat is a blessing. A doctor who can treat conditions that as though they are no big deal. That one time would take you to the grave. Man, it's a blessing to enjoy the life expectancy that we do today. But as Christians, please get this, as Christians, we have allowed living as long as we can to become more important than how we live our lives for God. I'm going to say it again. We have allowed in a culture that worships living as long as you can. And it makes sense for someone who does not have the hope of Jesus Christ. But as Christians, we have become obsessed to the point that the most important thing to us is not how we live for God but how long we live. And if I can add a couple more years to my life by altering the way I live out my faith, then I'll take a few more years rather than living by faith. As a reminder, we have an eternal kingdom. I'm not saying be careless. I'm not saying never take precautions. Far too many statements were made, and and when we feel like it's necessary, we continue to make them to remind people that no one in leadership at this church and no one who is a participant in the life of this church should ever sit in judgment over someone who because of health reasons believe it's better for them to stay home. Because they have to give an answer to God. It's not my, no, I just want to minister to whoever, wherever they are. But I will tell you this. There is a danger that living longer has become far more important than living godly and living by faith. This is a true statement. It's true when you're 22 and storming Normandy, and it's true when you're 80 And you're praying in your house after a pagan law has been signed. Are you ready? There are things that are worth dying for, regardless of how old you are. For Daniel in his teens and for Daniel in his 80s, he was willing to lay down his life for the faith of God. Please get this, brothers and sisters, please get this. Today, even even though you might evaluate yourself and say, I am past my prime, there are still people who need to be saved. There is still, I love, I love what Brother Mark said, it, the, the missionary letter. It sounds familiar, some of the dilemma that they have. And that's a good problem to have. And we want as many churches in as many places having that problem, that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is still property that needs to be possessed and built on. There are still lives that need to be influenced and helped. There are still needs that need to be met, and there are still guests that need to be encouraged. You say, I can't really lift a whole lot anymore, but you can still shake a whole lot of hands, and you can still have coffee with someone, and you can still send a text, or make a phone call, or pray for someone. There are missionaries to be supported. There are battles to be fought and enemies to be defeated man i wish i wish every person who is of the age of grandparents would take personally the assault the cultural assault that is happening on our young people today I wish wish you would stop just thinking about your family. And every time you see Patch, every time you see Pee Wee, every time time you get annoyed by all the kids that are moving around out in the foyer when you're just trying to have a cup of coffee and talk, every time you see that you would take personally, that there is an all-out assault that has its origins in hell itself, To undermine the very identity of who a young person is created to be in the image of God. And you would pray for them and love them and invest in them. I hope this is landing somewhere. Like, I don't have the energy to work in junior church anymore. I get it. That that declines over time. And can I be honest? Man, I, I talked Don and Jerry to helping us out at date night. And so while all you young couples go out, I got a less young couple helping us watch, like, 80 kids here. You know what he said when it was done? I'm tired, and I can't do this again. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm not not upset about that, Pastor. It's just, there. Man, it's hard for me to lift up a baby anymore. I get it. But, but that doesn't mean you can't be courageous and do something. And your age doesn't remove the responsibility to stand. For the gospel of Jesus Christ and for the love of people he died for and to help a church move forward. Number three, he was cooperative in his faith. I want, I want to get this. Again, in, in, verse, in verse number 10, he gives thanks to his, he gives, he gives thanks. <laughs> okay, if you do what you've been doing, you're going to die. And it's not going to be some quick little kind thing. You're going to get thrown into a den of lions who are starved so that when someone is thrown in, they ravage you. It might be quick, but it's not going to be pleasant. You're not just going to get a fall asleep. You're going to die feeling something gnawing on you. This is what he does. God, you're so good. You say, who was he cooperative with? Please get this. You know who he was cooperative with? He was cooperative with a God who allowed his faith to be stretched through difficult circumstances, even though he had already lived a life of his faith being stretched. Man, please don't miss this point. And sometimes, and you say, why are you talking about this? Because it's true. We get to a point where we feel like we no longer should have to be stretched in our faith. I've already proven myself. My faith has already been developed. I've already done my work. I've already paid my dues. Please understand this. You can't pay Jesus back in your youth. All you can do is live your entire life for him. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That doesn't have an age limit on it. And Daniel, here in his 80s, was thankful that God would allow his faith to be tested and allow his commitment to Jesus Christ to be stretched. When I, when I was studying on this point, the man that came to my mind was Jack Cook. I can tell you about so many conversations before he went to heaven that I had with him standing in the office before a Sunday. Pastor, you tell me what you want me to do, and I'm in. Just don't forget that I'm useful. I may not be able to do everything that I could once do, but I want to be in the battle as long as there's a battle and as long as, there, and as, long as I have life. And this is what I love about Brother Cook. There were times when I, I may have been like, hey, we need to do this a little differently. You know how much attitude I got from him? Absolutely none. It's amazing. No, look, God is allowed to stretch you when you're young. God's allowed to stretch you when you're less young. God's allowed to give you an old pastor when you're young, and he's allowed to give you a young pastor when you're old. God is allowed to use you in difficult circumstances to show the world what faith is. In Jesus looks like regardless of age. Number four, he was contagious in his faith. So good. So they throw him in. Go, I know God's gonna deliver you. Next morning, oh, did he deliver you? Listen, this is a really rough summation. I'm good. You know why I'm good? Because God is good. Well, I'm here because he's here. No, oh, by the way, you can go through trials that seem like a dent of lines, but you're going to be okay because he's good. And though the enemy seeks to devour you and ruin your faith, you are going to be okay because he is with you. But, but the king, he looks, he looks in there and he sees Daniel, he brings him out, he throws the bad guys in, and then he makes this amazing decree in verse number 26. That in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for his is the living God, and steadfast forever in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. Now, I don't think this king was young, but neither was he as old as Daniel. And, and I'm not even trying to make the point tonight that he was saved. I don't know that. But his mind did change, and his opinion did change, about the true and living God. How did that come about? Well, you know, Daniel was just always griping and complaining and barking in his ear about things he didn't like. Well, you young people, you just. You young king, you just. No, that's not what was going on. You know what happened? The king saw the effect of his faith. He saw what God did through the faith of a less young man. You know what happened? He was affected by it. <laughs> Y'all don't seem happy about this. I'm about to come stand in sections. <laughs> this is this is so good. Well. I'm, the way that all these young people are, no one will listen to me. Look, I've preached on this, I will continue to preach on this. We have a problem with younger generations not valuing the wisdom of older generations. Now I'll say it again, we have a problem In this culture and in this country with younger generations, not valuing the experiences, the opinions, and the wisdom of older generations. That is a problem. That is bringing forth tragic fruit. But can I just be honest about older generations? Sometimes you're really grumpy about stuff. You say, no, that's not real. No, it's real. And I listen, I'm not just a pastor of younger people, and I'm not just going to confront the attitudes of younger people. I'm going to confront the attitudes of all of God's children. You say, that's not, that's not really a problem. Andrea and I, two days ago, were doing some preparation um, we had, for, for the remodel, and we were just looking at some different things, and uh, we, had, we had met Brother Don over at Home Depot, and then he and Miss Jerry had left, and then we're there, and we're picking up a couple of things, and we're walking to the checkout, and there is a lady who is obviously less young, and she's just moving along, and in front of her is a Home Depot employee driving, driving one of those lifts. It fills up the entire lane it's orange and it's like 10 feet high and he's doing his job and he stops to let other people in front of him go but because this lady only cares about herself she doesn't see it until she almost bumps into it she didn't bump into it and she is fired up and she takes the time I'm not going to say that. She takes the time to pull around in front of him and tell him that he ought to care about the people behind him. You should get some brake lights on that thing. Maybe you should just open your eyes. So then she walks a little way, stops, and turns back around and continues to chew him out. And as she does, I walk by and I stop and I say, you're doing a good job, bro. And then I walk on. We get behind her in the checkout line. And the lady asked her, do you need any help loading this in your car? Well, no one helped me put it into my cart. And so I then say to the lady at the checkout, sure is fun working with people, isn't it? I know a little bit about that. I can relate. Oh, listen, I'm, you, listen, I agree that younger generations have lost respect for older generations. But in some cases, it is self-inflicted. No, I'm going to rephrase that. It is primarily self-inflicted for two reasons. First reason is this. We have failed to instill it in younger generations like it needed to be. And we allowed them to be entitled. And sometimes you're reaping a lack of respect because you sowed a lack of respect. But the other reason is this. Sometimes older people just get really grumpy. And you feel like everybody should cater to you because you've been alive longer. And any little thing that gets in your way and gets on your nerves, you have a right to gripe and to complain about it. If if that's in the world, I get it because everybody in the world is lost. But that is not true of a child of God. You say, man, nobody will listen to me. You know why people may not be very concerned about what you have to say about Jesus? Because they watch you live and what you live out about Jesus really isn't that appealing. He's grumpy and critical, complaining all the time. Man, I love what Brian Johnson says to me. The man is tired all the time. You know why he's tired all the time? Because he works hard, like you all work hard. And he comes in tonight, and I say, how you doing? I have no complaints. You ask him. You ask him if everything's perfect in his life. It's not because he is in a body that's been around the block a couple of times. I don't know if you remember this, but a couple of months ago, he was on our prayer list for a surgery that he had to have for a condition that is has recurred, and it, it needed to be dealt with. It's not like everything is perfect, but I love the spirit that says, I am excited about serving Jesus, whether I'm, I'm in my 20s or I'm in my 60s or I'm in my 80s. Stop justing a, ba- a bad spirit because of your age and start highlighting the amazing grace of Jesus Christ with your age. Amen. Amen. Man, you know what? I, I know this. I know this to be true. I love Miss Sandy tells me this. She goes up and she talks to younger people and they're surprised. And they're not critical. She's not critical. It's like, hey, Jesus loves you. No. No, this is how it is. Are you making fun of her? Absolutely not. I'm telling you that when you're in that kind of condition and yet what exudes from you is not complaint or criticism, but it's the love of Jesus Christ people will be attracted to that. So let me give you the statement in one form and then repeat it. Here's the statement. Because there is no expiration date on the expectations or effectiveness of kingdom convictions, there should be no expiration date on living out kingdom convictions with the right spirit. I've been at this a long time. Stay at it a little longer. Have a good spirit when you're 30. Have a good spirit when you're 80. Here's the, here's the other way I'm going to say it, and then I'll just make a couple comments and we'll be done. Kingdom convictions don't expire, so, kingdom living should never retire. Kingdom convictions never expire. So kingdom living should never retire. What do you mean living out the love of Jesus Christ? To the less young, kingdom convictions don't expire, so don't retire from living out your life by faith. Your body may not be as strong as it once was, but your faith isn't washed up. Your abilities may not be as sharp as they used to be, but you are not without great value And even if the bulk of what you can do is to be faithful to attend and to pray and to give some money to missions, that faith and that encouragement to some younger families can affect those far younger and far more powerful than you could ever imagine if you'll just consistently live it out. Don't retire from living out kingdom truth. To the young... If Daniel had lived this in his teens and through his 80s, maybe even more, and if God today expects people in their 70s and 80s to live out their faith this way, can you in your 20s and in your 30s and you're in your 40s and 50s please get this? You can be sure he expects it of you. Do not waste your energy in your youth planning to make up for it when you're older. Teddy Roosevelt made a statement like this, I can't recall it perfectly, but he said the only way to not waste your, your old age is by starting young. Don't wait until you're Daniel's age here to get serious about living for Jesus Christ. It's not how old you are, but how you are old. I love, the, I, did not, I did not line up preaching this message with the woods being here. Brother Brother Frank pastored in Indiana, you'll you'll hear more about this on Sunday, for 43 years. But then you've heard me talk about this, about my own life. There will come a day when because of age and the decline, I'll no longer be able to pastor the way that this church needs me to pastor. And hopefully it's many years from now, but that comes for everyone, age and decline is no respecter of persons and and god helped that church under brother wood's leadership go through a very successful transition as he did here at west valley and it continues to this day it's a blessing i'm thankful for it but you know what i love about brother wood he's like i can't may not be able to pastor like i once did but i can still go encourage churches and be a help this is what they said i'm gonna buy an rv and just see what god does And if nothing happens, then we'll do something else. But I'm going to go try to be a blessing. You can ask him now. His calendar is filling out further than he would have ever imagined in the beginning. You say, what's going on there? I may not be able to do the exact same thing I once always did, but I can still love Jesus and I can still love people. And you didn't even know this. You didn't even know it. But two years ago, in a weird time, A couple like Daniel, because they didn't retire from living out the truth of Jesus Christ, was encouraging to someone who was just getting started in this chapter of his ministry life. I love it. I love it. Kingdom convictions don't expire, so kingdom living shouldn't retire. To the less young, are you checking out? You justifying what you don't do instead of asking God to help you do what you can, to the young, don't, don't waste your youth. Do not waste your youth saying, I'll catch up when I'm older. Live for Jesus now, and it will help ensure that you live for Jesus then. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. With every head bowed and every eye closed, can I ask, can I ask two questions? One to the less young, one to the young, or the more young, I am not a judge of who is where. However, you see yourself, that's between you and the Lord. I was going to ask: Are there any? Are there any who would say that as I have aged, I have struggled to not maintain a right spirit with Jesus Christ? And and as as my abilities have changed, and as time has made some things more difficult, I might. I'm, it, it might be that I've allowed some bad attitudes or some entitlement to creep in. And, and maybe you would say, I've struggled with these things in my 40s or 50s, or maybe I'm struggling with them in my 70s. But you say, there's some areas where I am not living out faith consistently like I need to be, and I need God's help with that. Would you pray for me? I wonder if there'd be anyone that'd raise their hand and say, yep, yeah, that's me. God bless you. Yep, yeah, I see him. God bless you. Let me ask the, the more young this question. Are you waiting until you're older to get serious about your faith in certain areas? The reason Daniel was able to be so faithful in his 80s is because there was a foundation of faithfulness laid in his teens and his 20s and his 30s and his 40s. And some of you might be in danger of wasting the youth that God has given you and the energy that God has given you. And it would be so good for you to get to an altar tonight, maybe with someone who's older than you, and say, man, I want to be faithful all the way through. I wonder if there would be some of the more young who would say, man, I'm just, I'm not as locked in as I need to be on some things. And God, even though this was directed at maybe a different dynamic tonight, there's some areas where I need to lock in on some of these things, and I need God's help. Would you pray for me? Raise your hand. Yep, I see them all over. God bless you. Let's stand together. Brother Nate, you begin to sing, please. If God has spoken to your heart, you respond to him while we sing.